I want every one of you to hear very, very closely this morning, but if you are a teenager or a student, I should say that, especially if you are around the age of 16-ish, I want you to pay close attention to what God wants to tell you this morning, but it's for everybody because once again, we're talking about a 16-year-old in the Bible. We've talked about Joseph before, 17-ish. We've talked about Mary before, who was anywhere from 14 to 16, people believe. We've talked about David, who was anywhere from 13 to 17, most scholars believe. And today we're talking about another 16-year-old, I won't say kid, but I'm going to say student. And I want you to listen because God is no respect of person. If God cannot find an adult that will humble themselves and be and do what he needs for them to be and do, he'll go to the next age down. He said, you know, you got to have childlike faith as an adult if you even want to get in. So we know that God has no problem at all using a teenager or a young adult or even a child. So I need all of you to listen closely today because I'm going to tell you about a guy by the name of Uzziah. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. He, Uzziah, built Elath and restored it to Judah. After the king's rested his father, meaning after his daddy was buried. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem, and he did, Uzziah, did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. And verse 5 is where we're going to land at today. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of, of God. And as long as he, Uzziah, sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now, I have to say this to get this out of the way so it's addressed and we're done with this. So listen to this very closely. God has before and God still does on occasion prosper or prospers people in a financial way. God has done it before and God still chooses to do that very act, even sometimes today, I'm not through, there's not a period there, where he understands and he sees and foresees that those people have and will indeed use every bit of that prosperity blessing from him to only glorify him in his name and his kingdom. Now, I'm going to give you an indicator, or, or maybe about two or three before we move on. And this, all this is a disclaimer before we go into this passage. One of the ways you can look back in history in the, in the Bible and tell is because anytime a person 
was blessed in a financial or prosperous way because back then during the Old Testament, it wasn't necessarily with money. It was with livestock and land and peoples and nations. And anytime God would bless a person, and even if it was with wealth that we call currency, you could always tell that it was from God because the person would be more known, I hope that's the correct way of saying that, better known, I should say, for what their wealth did for the kingdom and the cause of God than what their wealth did for themselves. Always, every time, all the time, a person's blessing from God never, ever was advertised how it was making their life better, but it was always presented in the passage of the Bible by how it benefited God's kingdom and his people. Everybody with me? Okay, I'll take a head nod, a half a head nod. Okay, that I'll accept it. You need to understand that. God has before prospered people in a financial way, and he will still do it. But God does not bless anybody anywhere for them to spend it, use it on themselves. Now, here's another indicator, and then I'm, I'm moving on. And that is that any person or people or church or ministry or minister that talks more about what they're going to do with resources of finances, they're always talking more about what they can do with it for anything other than his kingdom. You always know that they are not a candidate in the eyes of God to be blessed Regardless, I don't care if you want to get in my face and I'll, I'll just get back with the Bible and just point. I won't say anything. I'll just point to passages. But don't, don't tell me, uh, you know, if, if, if I get this pension at work, they're going to give me $7 million and I'm going to pay my tithes. Or if I do this, I make this investment, I'm going to get this, 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 blah, blah, blah. You know, because people always want to throw the tithe card in there. And this is what has always just really, I guess it's just overwhelmed me at times when I think about it. Tithe is not yours anyway, Doc. Tithe doesn't even belong to you. Tithe is God's. So you're not giving him anything but what is already his. And so anytime you are more consumed with how a blessing from God would help make your world or your life better than his. You don't look to God for that. And don't add God to the equation because God knows that all it's going to do is consume you and preoccupy you and push you farther away. Now that we've got that out of the way, he still does it. I didn't say he doesn't do it that way. But God has so many ways that he can prosper us Beside money. And I want to I point some of those things out. So, I want to go back to the 16-year-old in order to do that. Because during the days of Uzziah, he wasn't really struggling with wanting a, a bigger swimming pool. And I'm, I'm just using that because it's so generic and vague. I don't know if anybody wants a bigger pool. 
So that, that's kind of safe if I need to be safe for a minute. And I'm not interested in that. But he wasn't interested in a bigger pool. What he needed to be prospered in, he needed to have God to prosper him in the ways of having favor, in the ways of knowing how to build a kingdom and run a kingdom and to implement strategies and how to have proper leadership in place. He needed the favor of God. He needed the prosperity of God in those ways. In fact, he needed God to prosper him in long life because, see, a lot of people uh, in the Bible got the kingdom and reign and rule a year, and then they were dead. But he's 52 years in, you see. And everybody in here, I don't care what you say, you want to live another day longer. You do because it's part of your flesh. Don't want to do that. And, and a lot of people get so hung up when they hear the word prosperity or God to prosper her, prosper them, or you or me, and their mind goes straight to what? Money. So I want to tell you, if you are just focused on what God can do for you financially, you have a skewed, warped focus because that is so small. If you and I get in, now let me make some points here. And I know I'm not going to do a ton of, of uh, preaching right now, but I, I want to make some points because you need to understand this. If you're 16 or if you're 66 or 96, you need to understand. If you and I were to get in our car and we were to ride two hours to the children's hospital in Chapel Hill and walk down that hall or to go to St. Jude's in Nashville, Nobody there wants more money right then. If you give them a choice, hey, would you like God to prosper you and give you a million dollars today? Or would you like to God to prosper you in the area of healing right now? I guarantee you mamas and daddies are going to cartwheel healing all day long. Money's no good. They don't need money. They're in the best health care facility that money could buy if money was even imported. But they'd rather have their children playing ball like your children are involved in things or being able to not have to take uh, family leave from work and try to figure out how not to go in foreclosure. All these real things, church. That's where they would like to prosper. Then, then you can just get in the car and, and we, could, we could ride a little bit farther and... We could go to where, and I know this is a hot topic right now, but, but we need to be aware of how God feels about hot topics right now. And, and you, you're going to go political on me, and I can't help that you're that carnal, but i got to be obedient and i got to say this. We could go to where illegal immigrants are right now, and we could ask them right now, hey, and I don't care what country, I know your mind goes to one country, but there's illegal, if you're here, if you're here and you haven't gone through the proper channels, it doesn't matter if you're from Mexico or China or Germany or Russia, illegal's illegal, amen? And I, that's not a political statement. I, but everybody likes to, to kind of segregate uh, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, okay? But listen to me. If you were to go up to these people and say, hey, had you rather have a million dollars or you rather, rather be able to come into the United States and be able to get citizenship and all that with your family and all that? I guarantee you they'll tell you, hey, that money would be nice, but keep it. I'd rather be over here in the land of the free, the home of the brave. I'd rather be able to be here and have a life like you do with your children. 
So see, my point is not political. My point is about prosperity because, see, God can prosper us in all kinds of ways. I've told you countless stories of how many times me and Angie, and we pray this almost every day of our life. God, I just pray that you would prosper us in the area of favor because favor does what money or even people in high-ranking positions cannot do because God can open doors, God can kick down mountains, God can do whatever he needs to do to show favor to his children. And everybody in here, believe it or not, 16 or whatever age, I can promise you right here, right now in this sanctuary, you need for God to prosper you in some area of your life right now. Amen. I don't care if you just need peace right now or you need God just to give you some kind of affirmation that the door is going to open, the door is going to close, he's going to resolve it, he's going he's to make a way where there is no way. You need God to prosper you in some area of your life, your child's life, your family life, your church life, your spiritual You need God to prosper you, and, and it don't even have anything to do with money. Because, see, if God gives you favor and prosperity, just like I talked about Chapel Hill and Levine in Charlotte, you don't need money. You don't need money. You don't need money. You just need God to bump you up to number one on the waiting list, show you favor. Amen? See, money can't buy you a slot. And, see, our culture has trained the church world to think like they do, and so we've made a God out of money. So that's why I told you God still does it. But people that are after that, God, God says no, because you've already, out of your own lips, you've condemned yourself by your conversation and what it's going to do. It's going to push you even farther away from me. So I'd rather have God to prosper me in ways that are not going to hurt me and damage the church and damage my testimony with you and damage the kingdom of God and the ministry of the gospel. I'd rather God to prosper me in every way that is going to just gratify and glorify his name and his work. Amen. I really had. Now, I want to read you some scriptures uh, real quick. The first one is out of the 31st chapter. I know I'm in Second Chronicles, but you're going to have to be with me. There was a man by the name of Hezekiah. Can you imagine that, church? How many days has it been since I preached about Hezekiah? And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law, and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So, he prospered. Another scripture tells us in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and you know it, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe First of all, that he is. He's alive. He exists. He really is God. And he's not a grandpa with uh, just white hair that's going crazy. And sometimes he's in a good mood and he does good things for us. And sometimes he's mad at us and he slaps us in the head. No. you got to believe that he is, number one. And then the next thing you've got to do, you've got to believe that he is a rewarder. 
of those that diligently say the last two words seek him i'm going back to uzziah and we've talked about hezekiah and we talking and we're talking about all of us because the way that we do what we need to do for the lord is by seeking him when you seek the lord uzziah sought the Lord and as long as he sought the Lord we wonder God why did you cut it off and God's turning around and wondering why did you cut it off why did you quit seeking me when things got better when things got paid off why did you cut me off you're asking me why did I quit prospering you why did you quit seeking me with all your heart you see it's a two-way street church just because you're saved and your sins are under the blood doesn't mean that you can lay down on the couch and you can relax until Jesus comes up. You've got to seek the Lord, the Bible tells us, while he may be found. And you can't do it lukewarm. you got to do it like Hezekiah with all your heart. God is not a God of favorites. God doesn't favor and he's not partial to one person or one church over another. But he plays by the rules and we have a hard time choking that because we want God to bend the rules every now and then because we don't feel like seeking him and giving him all. But I'm telling you, until the trumpet sounds, God will continue to prosper people. He will continue to give people favor. He will continue to anoint people. He will continue to bless people financially. He will continue to open doors that nobody else can open and close doors that nobody else can close until he comes back. But he'll only do it for the people that seek him. Why did you come to prayer last week? Because I wanted to seek God. Why did you come to church Wednesday night? Because I I want to obey the Scripture. You see, everything is compiled by God and equated as seeking me. It's not just paying your tithe. It's not just coming and sitting and leaving and repeating the process seven days from now. Everything is computed by God. Worship, prayer, devotion, act of kindness cards, loving your brother, Wednesday night attendance, prayer night attendance, being involved, helping your neighbor, doing things that's costing you something. It's inconvenient or it's physically requiring you to even fast maybe for somebody you work with or somebody you're in class with and you already see they're on a bad road. See, all of these things God takes and he puts together and, and he looks at it, and all of those things come out as seeking me. Because when you do buy somebody a meal, and you leave a little card with them, or you do something that doesn't even involve money, and you open the door for them, and they say, why, do you, why are you doing this, getting ra- uh, rained on, drenched, and you hand them a card? It might look like that they're benefiting, but no, ma'am. I'm telling you what God is doing. God is looking, and he surveys your act. And he looks at that act of kindness as an act of seeking, you see. Because it might not be a big deal. It might only be a quarter pounder or a sub at Subway or buying somebody just giving them a little bit of gas money somewhere. But let me tell you what God looks at it. God doesn't look at it as a good deed and a program that multitudes doing. He says, that man really loves me. That woman wants me. That teenager's doing what no other teenager's doing. And they're pursuing me. And they're the right candidate for the right right prosperity that I've got going on right now and I'm going to do what I can do for them so you do it you do it as unto the Lord 
You do it as unto the Lord. And you don't do it unto man. And you watch what God will do. Now, I'm going to give you the third indicator. This is probably the most painful indicator. Because it's going to hit all of us, you see. The people that are seeking God are not the same people that are praying God prosper or bless me. The people that are seeking God are not after stuff and things. The people that are seeking God, they're after God. And because they're after God, God blesses them with stuff and things. You need a great example out of the Bible? I'll give you one. His name is Solomon. He prayed. This is what he prayed, and this is the Holy Ghost. This is what he prayed. He said, God said, Solomon, I want you to ask me what you want. He said, ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll give it to you. Solomon says, God, you've put this great people of yours. See, he didn't even call them his. He said, you've put this great nation in front of me, your people. And God, I don't have a clue. I don't know what to do with them. And I want to do right because you put me in this place to care for them. And if you would just give me wisdom, not for myself or to make a name for me, but if you would just give me wisdom, God. How to, how to operate your people. How to take care of your people. How to treat your people, your sheep. And God, that would be great. And God says, oh boy, huh, I'm not going to let you off that easy. Because you just asked me for something that's only about me and my kingdom. And since you didn't ask me for prosperity in the form of fame and money and fortune and land and peoples and buildings, he said, I'm going to give you all that. And I'm going to give you more wisdom than any man will ever have after you. And church, when you pursue God, God will blow your socks off. But you've got to get your mind. There's only one way to live, and that's me walking for Jesus and me seeking after Jesus while I can find him because when the trumpet sounds you're not going to be able to locate the spirit of God church and I was thinking a while ago and I'm closing but I want to tell you this about I don't know it's probably been three or four months ago or longer and God just brought this to me all these stars and I'm not going to call their names two or three of them where they paid up to a half million dollars, you know, to try to get their, their children into college. Everybody remember that, right? That's secular in the world. You ought to know that stuff. Well, you know, some of them paid, I think one paid like a half million per daughter or something. It doesn't matter if I got that many. Anyway, it was stupid money to try to buy a spot in college. All right? It was illegal to do that. But let me tell you how God can work. That's the mindset of the world. It's crept into the church. If you're not careful, you fall prey to that same way of thinking. You think that, well, I just buy my way into this, or I just maybe fudge or bend the rules, and this is the results that I will get from it. But let me tell you something. Just like 
what happened to them, and you know, it's all dead now, but the point is still intact. God can give you favor if you seek Him. Where do you want my children to go to college? Where do you want me to? Where do you want me to apply for a job at? Where do you want me to look for a house to live? Got to watch out, man. These skis will get you. Where do you want me to look for a spouse at? Where do you, instead of trying to use the same system the world uses, God, I'm seeking you for this. What do you want to do? And listen, when you seek God for every, and I knew, I, I know I use Lori and her girls in college. There your name. There's half of a name. But what I'm talking about is it, it represents all of us in the way we think. And when you take God and put him into the picture, instead of doing something illegal and godless, then God is able to honor you and get your child into the college for free because you chose to do the right thing in the right school. Now, I know that I would really probably get more out of this if I was preaching to the people that applied to, but you can see in your own life, church, how the devil will do the same thing. He will tell you you've got to do it the way the world does, but you don't have to do it that way. God's got a better way. If you're 16, listen to me before I pray for you. God has no problem prospering you and giving you favor. It never ever will mean that you're better than somebody else in the eyes of God. And you'll always know that when God's involved in it, the person will not be puffed up with pride. Did everybody hear that? When God is in the middle of blessing the people that seek after him, they'll never turn the lights on themselves. They will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt, that he may lift them up, that he may position them where he wants them. This is the way God does it. He doesn't operate the way the world does it. And I'm inviting every person in the congregation today to know this, that if you will start right now seeking God independently but corporately as a church, 30,000 people is only the beginning of what my God is going to do. I didn't say can do or might do. It's only the beginning of what he will do. But it's going to come from the people that seek him and not stuff and not things to try to justify things you might do later on after the fact that looks like you were seeking him? No, sir. God will do it. But you've got to seek him like he's your source because he is. Like he's your life because he is. Like he's the only way because he is the only way. I need you to stand up and I need you to listen before I pray. All over the building. God knows for a fact who needs what in this place today. God knows what you're going to need next week.
And it's right here, church. You see, let me tell you about the devil for a minute. The devil will say, well, hadn't you been seeking him, putting him first for a long time, and, and look at what's happened to you? See, he will play mind games with you. And let me tell you about the way God prospers us. God prospers us in every area of our, our life when he knows and he's assured that we are ready for it. He's not going to give you anything that's going to damage you. He loves you too much for that. And he doesn't give you anything that has damaged you. That's from hell and from Satan. So what do we need to do today? I've done told you. We need to seek the Lord, don't you think? If he's got all this stuff I'm talking about, and this book doesn't lie, he does. But we need it. We need God to fill us with the Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost more than we need anything. Because we're going to run into situations out here that just being able to quote John 3.16 is not going to move somebody that's full of the devil. They'll quote it better than you will. A, a demon will quote it back to you in Greek. But we need to... We need to earnestly desire, Paul said, these gifts, this feeling that God can give us, we need to say, God, I'm seeking you because it's your kingdom that you told me to pray. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And in order for your kingdom to come, Lord, I've got to be full of the Spirit. I need to be prospering in the Holy Spirit. I need to be prospering in your favor. I need to be prospering in wisdom. I need to prosper in compassion. I need to prosper, Lord, in being nice and positive to people. God, I need to prosper in courage. I need to prosper in boldness. I need to prosper in being able to go out and witness to people. I need to prosper in letting people know that there is a church that really loves you the way you are and they want to help you get to where God can take you. I need to prosper in every way I can prosper God for your glory and not my gain. If I just described you, will you just borderline not get hurt but will you run to this altar if I just described you and there's people here I understand that I know you need to seek the Lord at the cross if you're watching online and, and you really are at a standstill in your life and you don't know what in the world to do, Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to prosper you with salvation, with healing. He wants to deliver you from what Satan is trying to kill you with. And all you have to do is just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. I've been seeking what I want. I've been seeking the world. I've been seeking all this. But, Lord, I need to be washed 
I can't afford to be left here when the trumpet sounds. The Bible says he's faithful. I, we, we just, we sang there's something about that name a while ago. And that's just talking directly to Jesus. And I believe, I believe Jesus loves that because you are not caught up with anything but that. See, we're drawing close. This is what all this is about. This is why all the people that are always involved on Sunday, that's why they're around this altar. That's why we're doing all this. Because we've got to, we've got to seek the Lord together because we're going to invade hell together. And I just want us to do that little course. There's something about that name. Kings and kingdoms, see. And that's where we're going to. Kings and kingdoms, folks, will all pass away. But there's something about that name. And we're only going to do this a couple of times. But this, this is your opportunity to seek the Lord. And I want you to sing it like you're pursuing Him by yourself. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know it. I don't have to sing it for you. There's a song. you know it, close your eyes and sing it like you're looking in his face in glory, telling them this. That's doing for the Lord right now. I think we need to pursue just a little bit harder this time. So just turn it up to about nine on your dial. Here we go. Jesus. my master, he's my savior.
Christ's name is Jesus, Jesus. Ellie. something now while they play that I want you to take one minute put your hand on somebody's shoulder or elbow and I just want you to pray for them you don't know you don't know what area that they really need prospering in and then we're going to sing Bless the people, touch the people, Lord. Pray you prosper, people, Lord. You said if you seek me, you'll find me. Where I am, Father. Hallelujah. God, we love you and we give you praise. God, we lift each other up. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh God. Because you are good. And you love us, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. Come on, you're fighting. This is how. Come on and tell. Oh, this is. Lord, we love you, and I pray this week, God, because it might look like somebody's surrounded, but God, you prove yourself. It looks like the devil is winning, but God, we know he, he's already lost, Lord. He can't win. It's impossible. And we're not just surrounded by you and your presence. You said we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, God, and I believe they're cheering us on. I pray, Lord, that we would continue to seek after you in everything. Lord, when we get up in the morning, we're seeking you during the day. We're seeking you in what we listen to, what we watch, our conversation. We're seeking you. God, when we're handing out acts of kindness, we're seeking you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, God that we would continue to fight our battles, seeking you and praying and doing what you've called us to do in these last days, these closing moments.